Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Wednesday, November 27, 2019. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will preview week 13 in the NFL by giving you picks, picks, five games against the spread, which does include the Patriots-Texans game on Sunday Night Football. And I do have a few thoughts on what we saw Monday night with the Baltimore Ravens whooping the Rams on Monday Night Football. And I have a message to those who continue slobbering over Lamar Jackson. I get it. What he's doing is special. But everybody needs to take it down a notch, all right? I need to address these people on this show today. All of it presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC, P-I-C. That's promo code PIC, P-I-C. And you can play for free this Sunday in the $1 million play action contest for Week 13 in the NFL. $1 million in total prizes with $100,000 going to first place. You can win $100,000 this Sunday by signing up. Right now, using promo code PIC, P-I-C, to play for free with your first deposit. Promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show on this, or as we head into the Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, Thanksgiving is tomorrow, so I'm here a day earlier than usual. I'm here on a Wednesday. So uh, I needed to give you my picks for Week 13, and I will get to those. You can also... Watch me make those picks on my YouTube channel, so make sure you smash that subscribe button at youtube.com slash Danny Picard, or you can go to my website to get all my videos, podcasts, columns, blogs, you name it, dannypicard.com. And actually, if you do watch the video of me giving my picks this week for week 13, you will see the t-shirt that I'm wearing, Make Salty Great Again. And with Black Friday coming up, and even Cyber Monday, you should go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Danny Picard. That's tpublic.com, T-E-E, public.com slash stores slash Danny Picard. And you should buy this t-shirt, or you could also put this logo, Make Selfie Great Again, on a mug, on on an iPhone case, on a pillow. What else did I got there? Sweatshirts. Uh, onesies, if you have a, if you, if you just had a baby and, and you're looking to, you know, spread the message to, to some of the other parents that they should all be putting their babies and make salty great again onesies, you could do that. tpublic.com slash stores slash Danny Picard. Help support this show and do it at a discounted rate this holiday season. So Thanksgiving week, as we sit back and Think about all the things that we are thankful for. Uh, I am thankful for the New England Patriots. I I think that's fairly obvious if you listen to the show and how I feel about the Patriots and Tom Brady. I'm thankful for the Patriots each and every single year around this time. And I'm especially thankful when the Patriots are the best team in the AFC. And that's exactly what they are. Though, you wouldn't know it if you watched Monday Night Football on ESPN. You wouldn't know that the Patriots are the best team in the AFC. You wouldn't know that the Patriots are probably the best team in football. You would think that the Baltimore Ravens are the best team, not just in the AFC, but the best team in football. The Baltimore Ravens, they whooped 
the L.A. Rams whooped the Rams on Monday night. Crushed them. Lamar Jackson, phenomenal night. He threw five touchdown passes. What was this, the second time this season he threw five touchdown passes? I think he did it against the Dolphins earlier this year. But, you know, take that with a grain of salt. He did it against Miami. Okay, fine. But, hey, at the same time, five touchdown passes is five touchdown passes. They're calling it the Jackson Five. Tessa Torr and Booger McFarlane on Monday Night Football, they're calling it the Jackson Five. They were literally slobbering over this kid on Monday Night Football. Slobbering over him. I mean, drooling. Just they couldn't get enough of Lamar Jackson. Is it Joe Tessa Torr? I don't even know his first name. This guy, he he he's forced, he's what I like to call forced energy. Like, it's just forced energy. This guy, Tessa Torr. Lamar Jackson with the Jackson 5. Like, dude, take it easy, okay? We get it. Lamar Jackson's good. And it's not just those guys. You know, in fairness to them, they're in the majority. Because most people involved in NFL analysis, whether you're a play-by-play guy, color commentary guy, or you host a show on ESPN or Fox Sports or Fox Sports 1, any really anywhere, what you're getting right now is this Lamar Jackson love fest to the point where my message to these people is everybody needs to calm down. Everybody needs to take it easy. And and what sucks about me having to take this stand is it makes it sound like, and I've already, I did this a couple weeks ago too when I went on this rant in which we watched the Ravens beat the Patriots on Sunday Night Football, and we had to listen to Chris Collinsworth basically put Lamar Jackson in the Hall of Fame. He put Lamar Jackson, he bronzed him in Canton before that, before they even got to halftime. And, and, and when I take this stand and tell people to calm down with regards to Lamar Jackson's success and the success he could have moving forward, when I take the stand, it kind of sucks because it makes it sound like I'm hating on the kid. And people can ease it. People can hear that, be frustrated with me telling them to calm down. And they could say, why are you going to hate on him? You know, you, you're just a Patriots fanboy. You know, you, you're purposely hating on Lamar Jackson because he's not on your team. And it's a bad look. And they'll say all those things about me. And that's fine. But what those people will not be understanding is they will not be understanding my message. They, will, they don't want to actually listen to what I'm saying. They just know that I don't have the same mouth-watering, drooling, slobbering reaction to Lamar Jackson that, that everybody else has. I'm, I'm, I'm not in the majority right now on the, with the Lamar Jackson love fest. I'm just not. But that, that doesn't mean I don't think the kid's a beast. I think Lamar Jackson is a beast. He's having an MVP year. He's the MVP. Lamar Jackson is the MVP of this NFL season. And I don't even think, you know, maybe it's up for debate if you, if you did want to, like if the Patriots finish 15-1 and one and Stephon Gilmore has a couple more interceptions like the one he had while covering Amari Cooper in Week 12 this past Sunday, which gave the Patriots that, that field position and, and, you know, was, was a huge play. And I, I talked about Stephon Gilmore on Monday's podcast, and I put the clip on YouTube as well, in which I asked the question, is Stephon Gilmore the the greatest acquisition that Bill Belichick has ever made. Not the not draft pick. That's not an acquisition. Acquisition, I mean, 
is Stefan Gilmore Bill Belichick's greatest signing or trade? <laughs> Some knucklehead in the YouTube comments that we're going back and forth because he decided to try to give us all a history lesson as to all the trades that Belichick made, all the moves that he made. It's like, dude, this isn't difficult. If you disagree with it, then tell us who you think is Bill Belichick's greatest acquisition. Anyways, anyways, I, I told you, I think at this point, it looks like Stefan Gilmore is Bill Belichick's greatest acquisition. When you take everything into account and also factor in that Stefan Gilmore after the season, it's not like he's just going to be done and washed up. He's going to be on the Patriots next year too. And he's going to be pretty damn good next year too. Right? So if Stefan Gilmore has a couple more picks this year, then, and the Patriots go 15-1, then I think you got to put Stefan Gilmore in the conversation for MVP. I really do believe that. We'll see if he can shut down DeAndre Hopkins this weekend. But, but I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. The, the point is this. If the season ended right now, I would be giving Lamar Jackson the MVP if I had a vote. He's the MVP. He's a beast. He's having a great season. All right? A phenomenal season. He's a fantastic talent. He's got, you know, he, he's got better tools throwing the football than I thought he was going to have. We know about his speed. He's definitely the type of player that looks like you're playing a video game when he's out there. And he had a great night against the Rams on Monday Night Football and continues to impress. I'm not trying to hate on the kid. But I want to, I have a message to all these people like Tessator and Booger McFarlane on Monday Night Football and everybody on ESPN and Fox Sports 1 and whatever other stations are out there just drooling over Lamar Jackson and this Lamar Jackson love fest right now. I got a a message for these people. A reminder to them that last year at this time, okay, all these people were doing the same exact thing about Patrick Mahomes. The same thing. How, How quickly we forget, right? How quickly we forget. And, yeah, I was going to ask a question today on this show. Like, when are they going to learn? When are they going to learn? I'm done asking that question. I'm turning that question into a statement of acceptance. And what I've accepted is that I'm no longer going to ask the question, when will they learn? And I'm I'm just going to make the statement that they're never going to learn. They're never going to learn. We talk about the outrage culture that we currently live in. Eh. Maybe it's not such an outrage culture as much as it is an overreaction culture, which outrage can be part of that overreaction culture. Because if you're just, you know, um, fighting up a storm and standing your ground on things and and this pissed you off and, and you're sensitive about this, that, and the other thing, that's outrage, but it's an overreaction. It's maybe not the outrage culture we live in right now. That's just a part of it. That's a piece. That's a little branch coming off it. It's an overreaction culture. And right now, that overreaction culture is showing us the exact same types of overreactions towards Lamar Jackson that they showed us last year at this very moment, at this very time, at this very point of the season with Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes threw 50 touchdowns last year. 50. 5-0. Lamar Jackson's not going to throw 50 touchdowns. He's not. Patrick Mahomes did. He was throwing no-look passes for touchdowns. Like, like, Patrick Mahomes, what he was doing last year, and I said it last year, I'm like, what he's doing is special. But let's pump the brakes on the love fest, okay? Like, there's got to be a clip. 
I don't have it on me. I, I can't find it. But there's got to be one down in the NBC Sports archives last year of Chris Collinsworth in a Patrick Mahomes game saying the following. Man, Patrick Mahomes, he is is doing things we have never seen in this league before as a quarterback. He is reinventing the position. Patrick Mahomes, we've never seen a quarterback make plays like this. We've never seen a kid do these things or have this type of success. End quote. End imaginary quote, which probably is a realistic quote. You know you had people like that ranting and raving. And praising Patrick Mahomes and saying these outrageous things like, we have never seen a quarterback do these things, play this way, make these type of plays. We've never seen it in the game. He's reinventing the wheel. It was an overreaction. And I, th- th- but I'm not trying to hate on Patrick Mahomes. I think he's going to be a great quarterback for a, for a long time. And I think that Lamar Jackson, it's very possible that he is also a great quarterback for a long time. I don't I don't rule that out. What he's doing right now is extremely special. He's a very rare talent when it comes to his skill set. But again, I go back to like I I this isn't the first time this isn't the first time we've seen a quarterback make plays like this. Like we were doing this with Kaepernick. Calling him a video he looks like he's playing in a video game. But how quickly people forget, right? I know people want to go back to maybe the Mike Vick thing. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I know we praised Mike Vick. I, I know that he had a similar skill set. I, I, I do feel like we were doing the overreaction more with Kaepernick than we did with Vick. I just, that's just the way I feel. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. But I feel like the hype with Kaepernick, at least to me, rem- I remember him jumping off the screen more than I do with Vic, maybe because the Kaepernick stuff is more was more recent than Vic when he was having his success, right? When he was making his mark in the NFL. But I mean, Kaepernick that season at San Francisco went to the Super Bowl. I mean, I remember him jumping off the screen, and I remember thinking, "Wow, you know, like this looks like a video game." Similar to how it looks with Lamar Jackson. Similar to how it looked with Patrick Mahomes. I know it's a little different with Mahomes. But the kid threw 50 touchdown passes, and you could go back and to the audio bites from last year, and I can guarantee you the same people that are drooling over Lamar Jackson right now was saying the same stuff about Patrick Mahomes last year. And the question I was, was going to ask, which I told you I've stopped asking, is when are they going to learn? But I just accept the fact that they're not going to learn. They're not going to learn. These people who are drooling over Lamar Jackson right now, the same people who are drooling over Patrick Mahomes last year, they continue to rule out the New England Patriots. And I know you could say, Danny, you're a fanboy and you're a Patriots fan, and that's why you're saying this. I will tell you right now, even if I wasn't a Patriots fan, I would be feeling the same way. Because I feel like what the Patriots have done over the years I mean, it's borderline scientific. <laughs> right? like, like, when things continue to happen over a, an extended period of time, you know, it's, it's not, it, it becomes no longer just a fluke. It, it's not luck. It, what the Patriots have been doing is borderline scientific. It's like 
This is who they are. This is when they're go- this these are the issues they're gonna have. This is when they'll improve them by. And these are the opportunities and the chances that they're gonna have in January. But yet I'm watching this game on Monday Night Football, and I can almost feel like the spit coming off the TV from Tessator's mouth as he's drooling over Lamar Jackson. And I'm listening to him rule out the Patriots beating the, the Ra- They're basically saying, oh, here are the Ravens at 9-2, and two, Lamar Jackson doing things we've never seen in this league before. Redefining the position. Who's going to beat this team? Who's going to slow him down? They basically gave the Ravens a Super Bowl on Monday Night Football. And while they were showing the graphic, they're talking about the Patriots, and they th- they, they throw in the little, oh, and then you got the Patriots to one seed at 10-1, and one, you know. Maybe if the Patriots get some, some weather to go their way, maybe if they get a little snow, you never know what can happen up there in Gillette. The only chance they gave the Patriots, these are people who cover the NFL, these are people who watch the NFL over the last 20 years who you would think would be able to speak on the Patriots' history of of success even without an opinion. Like I said, it's borderline scientific fact. You know what the Patriots are going to be in January. You know the type of battle that they're going to put up. You should know by now that the success that the Patriots have in January or at any point during an NFL season has absolutely nothing to do with weather. It has nothing to do with weather. Nothing to do with weather. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that if, if you're sitting there today and you honestly believe, you honestly believe that the Patriots have no shot to beat the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs because of what you see Lamar Jackson doing on Monday Night Football against the Rams team that, by the way, is broken. You could say the Patriots broke them. I, you know, I may, maybe. I just think the Rams, they're dealing with some injuries, and like we see around the league, not everybody deals with injuries the way the Patriots deal with injuries. Again, another fact, another thing that's borderline scientific. Not everybody deals with stuff the way that the Patriots deal with stuff. All right? So, um... Ravens beat the Rams. If you're watching that game last night, if you're sitting there today going, the Ravens have no shot to beat the Patriots. So the only shot that they have is if the Patriots get a little snow in the AFC Championship at Gillette. If it's nasty enough to slow Lamar Jackson down, that's the only way the Patriots would slow him down. If you're sitting there today saying that, then you haven't learned. Maybe the Ravens do beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship, right? Maybe they do. But to sit there and not give the Patriots a shot, to sit there and lose your minds over somebody, yeah, he's doing something special, and it sounds like I'm hating on the kid, but I'm not. My point is, we can praise Lamar Jackson. We can acknowledge what he's doing. We can be overly impressed by his skill set right now. And at the same time, we can do that while also acknowledging facts. (laughs) <laughs> and the fact of the matter is the New England Patriots are sitting there pretty at 10-1 and one with all these issues. They're only getting better here moving forward with getting guys back 
uh, from the injury report, fixing this offensive line in which they saw Isaiah Wynn return last week, which is also going to help the run game, which then again continues to help the passing game. We can praise Lamar Jackson while also acknowledging that the Patriots still exist and that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady still exist. And they don't just exist as a 500 team that maybe is going to get into the playoffs or maybe is going to get a first round bye or maybe is going to have a home game or two in the playoffs. The Patriots exist as a team that's definitely getting in the playoffs, that's definitely getting a first round bye, that's definitely going to have a home game or two in the playoffs, and that's definitely going to have a shot to win another Super Bowl. You just can't rule out a team like that and say, well, they're never, they not going to have a chance to beat Baltimore unless they get some snow in January. That's a joke. I can't take your NFL opinion seriously, and I would be saying this even if I was a, a Jets fan. Right? Like, let's be realistic here. You're going to rule out the New England Patriots? You're going to say they have no chance to beat Baltimore in the playoffs unless <laughs> unless it snows? The only chance you're giving Tom Brady and Bill Belichick to beat Baltimore in the playoffs. By the way, it would be the second time that they faced them. Knowing how good the Patriots defense is. The only... Bill Belichick, Ernie Adams, the New England Patriots. The only chance you're giving them to beat Baltimore... To have a second chance to beat Baltimore, the only chance they're giving them is snow? Man, you don't need to be a Patriots fan to realize that concept, that idea, that opinion is absolutely insane to the point where I just can't take you seriously anymore. Because the question is answered. When will they learn? It's not when. It's that they have, they, they won't learn. They won't learn. The answer is there. I've accepted it. They're not going to learn. We do this every year. We did this with Patrick Mahomes last year. He reinvented the wheel. He changed the position forever. Chris Collinsworth, you know that clip exists where Collinsworth is like, we have never seen a guy do something like this before. It's always we've never seen someone do something like this, something like that, and then what happens? They face the Patriots in the playoffs. It's borderline scientific. <laughs> and, and, and it's laughable. And I know people are going to say, well, you're really hating on Lamar Jackson. No, I'm not. He's the MVP. Lamar Jackson is the MVP. It's not even up for debate. The only way you could debate it is if, again, Stephon Gilmore had a couple interceptions, Baltimore loses a couple games, the Patriots finish 15-1, you got to consider someone else. Then there's a debate. And, and still, I'm not even giving it to Gilmore, I don't think. I'd probably still give it to Jackson. But at least at that point, it would be up for debate. It's not even up for debate right now. Lamar Jackson's the MVP. Don't put words in my mouth. Don't see this rant to go, you're hating on the kid. I'm not hating on the kid. I'm in the unfortunate position where I'm trying to get people to come back down to earth and acknowledge reality. And reality is that the Patriots still exist and they're the one seed and they're 10-1. and one, And they're probably going to beat Houston this weekend. That's the game we all have our eyes on here in New England. And um, with that, you know, I might as well get to the picks. Uh, but actually, real quick, you know, before I do get to those picks, uh, a couple just quick thoughts because I'm not going to talk to you again until Monday. So, um... There's, there was some, there's some other stuff that went down. I should just quickly mention, because I, I know that 
my New England fan base, at least, does want to hear my my take on this. And the Kyrie Irving, you know, I'll, I'll get back to football in a minute, but the but the Kyrie Irving stuff is, I mean, I, I told you this was going to happen. I told you that there is a 0% chance that Kyrie Irving is at the TD Garden tonight on this Wednesday night. I, I told you this. I know I tweeted it out maybe last week or two weeks ago, but I also told you this on the show previously, like six months ago, uh, months ago when he signed with Brooklyn. And we looked at the schedule and we're like, when are the Brooklyn Nets going to come to the Garden? And how's the reaction going to be to Kyrie Irving? I, I told you that. I, I don't even think he's going to be in the building. I think he'll find a way to get out. And what we found out was Kyrie Irving is dealing with the shoulder injury. He's missed the last couple games. He's not going on this road trip with Brooklyn, who is at the Garden tonight on this Wednesday night, the night before Thanksgiving. And if he was in the building, they were going to boo the shit out of him. And yeah, go ahead. Do whatever you want, right? Kyrie Irving, I mean, the way he came in created a shitstorm. And then the way he left, after telling everybody he was going to stay, knowing how good he is and <laughs> how much of a factor he could be with this Celtics team if he really just said, hey, I'm going to be dominant and I want to win a championship for the Celtics. Like, we would love him for that. We wanted to love Kyrie, but he made it awfully difficult, didn't he? He made it awfully difficult for us to root for him. He made it awfully difficult for us uh, to to. To want to roof it. Like, this This is a guy that, when he left, as good as he is, it's crazy to think that we were all just like, or most of us were like, yeah, see you later. Like, he's so good that it's insane that that's the way we thought, but that's what he did to us here in Boston. <laughs> that's what he did. And I told you previously, there was a 0% chance he was going to show up to the TD Garden. And guess what? I got that right. He's not going to show up to the TD Garden. He's not going to be there tonight. So I had to look at the schedule. When's the next time Brooklyn comes to the Garden? Because they will come back. That game is on Tuesday, March 3rd. That game is on TNT. On Tuesday, March 3rd. Um, so, the question is, will he be in attendance for that? I, I don't know. I really don't know. I couldn't tell you. I would have to put my money on no. He's probably not. Because if you thought the boos are going to be loud the first time around, now that he misses it, and now that you've got this idea in people's head that he's not really that banged up, he could play if he wanted to, he could be in the building if he wanted to, but he's choosing not to, he's running scared. And some people might go, well, he actually is really hurt. There's no need to crush him for this. And the idea that he would just miss this game and fake an injury, or fake an injury for the purpose of missing this game, knowing how much he's going to be booed, that's a little crazy, is it? Knowing what we know from Kyrie Irving, most people, I would say it's crazy to question an injury. But I don't think it's crazy to question this injury. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't like to do that. I don't like to question injury. But knowing what we what, what we know about Kyrie Irving, I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't. Um, I, and I don't usually question injury like that. I just don't. But, uh, I, I mean, as, as this... 
as you saw this thing play out, don't tell me that you didn't think in your head, wow, he's got a shoulder. Oh, how convenient that a shoulder injury pops up on the injury report all of a sudden as he's about to head to the TD Garden on Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. Turns out he's not going to make that trip. Turns out he is not going to be in attendance tonight. And the question is, will he be in attendance on March 3rd? And, I mean, if I had to put my money on it, I would tell you that I I I think here's what's going to happen. Here's how I would predict this thing to go down. I would predict it to go down where we talk about load management in the NBA. There's going to be load management talk about Kyrie Irving around the first week of March where he's probably not going to make a road trip due to load management. That's how I think this is going to play out. Load management is what we're, is what they're going to call it. And I would put my money on him not being in attendance on March 3rd either. That's That's how I would react to all of that. So really, to no surprise, Kyrie Irving is going to miss this game tonight and not be in attendance at the TD Garden. Uh, but by the time you listen to this, uh, you know, you might be listening on Friday after Thanksgiving, after that game's over. So uh, what does it matter? Well, I, I also, I just got to mention, the Bruins crushed Les Habitants in Montreal last night, 8-1 to on Tuesday night for their fourth straight win. David Postenock, his second hat-trick of the season. Postenock, here's something to keep an eye out for. And continue to watch. And I know it's really on the bottom of the list because there's so much going on. And I don't mean that to knock the Bruins or David Pasenak and what he's doing right now. I mean that just to, you know, it, it, there's a lot going on, right? There's a lot going on. David Pasenak had his second hat-trick of the season last night in Montreal. He now has 23 goals and 39 points in 24 games. 23 goals in 24 games. He's on pace for what? 78? 79, 80 goals? He's on pace for 80 goals? David Pasternak? Keep an eye on that. And we also have March Madness in November. This is crazy what's going on in college basketball. Have you been paying attention to this? Last night on Tuesday night, Stephen F. Austin upsets number one ranked Duke at Duke. They did it in overtime. Duke had the final shot. They took a shot. And they got the rebound and the shot clock reset, which gave them the final shot in overtime. Tie game in overtime. Duke has the final shot. Don't know what they're doing, but with like six seconds left or seven seconds left or something, they decided to drive to the basket. They turned the ball over. Stephen F. Austin, credit to them for not calling a timeout when they got possession. They ran the fast break. They got a guy coming down all alone. He puts in a layup right at the buzzer. To win the game in overtime, Stephen F. Austin goes into Duke and upsets number one ranked Duke. It was a phenomenal moment. What's crazy about it is, though, is not just that it's Duke's first non-conference home loss since 2000. Let me say that again. Duke's first non-conference home loss since 2000. That's not the craziest part. The craziest part is that this is the third number one ranked team to lose this month. Michigan State lost to Kentucky, though that's not all that crazy. The crazy one, though, is that number one ranked Kentucky, not too long ago, just a couple weeks ago, lost to Evansville in Kentucky. It was in Kentucky, right? So these are two major upsets in the month of November. March Madness in November. I love it. I love it. Um, You know, I usually pay a little attention to the beginning of college basketball season, and then I tune out, and then get a little more involved around the conference championship weekend. Um, but right now, I mean, they got my attention. Duke at home, number one. They lose to Stephen F. Austin. 
last night. You know, March Madness in November. It is great. Uh, speaking of great, I need to make picks picks great again. I do. Last week, with my picks, I give them every Thursday, though today it's on Wednesday because Thanksgiving is on Thursday. I give you five games against the spread. Last week, I went two and three. My record on the season is, what's my record on the season? 26 and 34. I have it written down here. Here it is. 26 and 34. That's my record against the spread on the season. That's not good. I need to be better. I need to be better than last week's two and three against the spread, and I am confident I am going to be better than that this week. So, with that said, might as well do it. Let's get to the picks to close out the show and send you in to Thanksgiving week with a couple winners. Let's do it. Hit the music. Picks, picks for week 13 presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. That's promo code PICK, P-I-C at DraftKings.com. I went two and three last week, like I told you. This week, pick number one, I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. A six-point underdog over the Baltimore Ravens. This game is Sunday at 1 o'clock in Baltimore. And it could very easily be called the game of the week. Technically, it's not. The Patriots and the Texans play in the game of the week, the official game of the week on Sunday Night Football on NBC. This game is at 1 o'clock on Sunday. This could be the game of the week, though. Baltimore-San Francisco. The Ravens are 9-2. They're the two-seed in the AFC. San Francisco is 10-1. They're the one-seed in the NFC. And uh, what's funny about this one is San Francisco, as good as they've been, as good as they've looked, they just embarrassed the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football. 10-1, and one, and yet they're a six-point underdog? Like, if I'm the 49ers, I am so disrespected by this, it's not even funny, but I think this is just another sign of how people have kind of lost their minds over Lamar Jackson, and the Lamar Jackson love fest continues, and you see it right here. People are putting their money all over Baltimore. Baltimore's a six-point favorite at home. You could say, well, because they're the home team, they're going to be the favorite. Yeah, but a six-point favorite? I could see a three, three-and-a-half-point favorite. A six-point favorite, the 10-1 and 49ers should be completely disrespected by this, and I think they will be. That's why I'm taking them to at least cover the spread and at least keep this competitive and at least make this a close game. San Francisco plus six. The Ravens, like I said, they're the talk of the NFL right now. Lamar Jackson is the MVP. It's not even up for debate. Um, But defensively, if you look at San Francisco, we asked the question, who's going to slow down Lamar Jackson? If it's going to be anyone, it's going to be San Fran, right? Well, all right. San Francisco's defense ranked second in the league, allowing just 14 points per game. And um, I just think when we ask the question, will they be able to slow him down? There's a difference between will they be able to slow him down? Will they be, will they be able to slow Lamont Jackson down? Or will they be able to cover the spread? Maybe it's a little of both. I don't know. Maybe it's a high-scoring affair. They don't slow him down, but maybe Baltimore can't slow down San Francisco's offense. There's a difference between will they slow him down and will they cover the spread? I think San Fran will cover the spread. I'm taking the six points in a close game. There'll be a feisty, disrespected dog on the road Sunday at 1 o'clock. Give me the 49ers plus six over Baltimore in Baltimore. Pick number two, I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over the Miami Dolphins. The Eagles let me down last week. They did. They're five and six 
Their only shot of making the playoffs is to win their division. They're not getting a wild card because right now the sixth seed in the NFC is 8-3. and three. The Eagles are 5-6, and six, so you can rule out the wild card. But because Dallas is only 6-5 and five at the top of the NFC East, the playoffs is still a realistic possibility for the Eagles. They know that. They're only a game behind Dallas. So, with the Eagles coming off back-to-back losses against two of the best teams in the league, by the way, the Patriots and the Seahawks, What's the perfect bounce-back recipe for anyone in the league in 2019? You know what it is? Oh, here's the perfect bounce-back recipe. Write it down. Play the Miami Dolphins, and that's what the Eagles will do. The Dolphins are 2-9. and nine. This game is Sunday at 1 o'clock. It's in Miami. The Dolphins have lost two straight to the Bills and the Browns. I do believe the Eagles are better than their record shows, and, and they should be able to handle the Dolphins. Um... Last week, I took Cleveland as a 10.5-point favorite to beat Miami and to cover, and they did. This week, same thing. It's a high spread, 9.5. I think the Eagles will bounce back. I think they'll win. I think they're better than their record shows, and they will win and cover the spread. Give me Philly, minus 9.5 over the Dolphins in Miami. Pick number three, I'm taking the Oakland Raiders, a 9.5-point dog over the Kansas City Chiefs. Are the Raiders serious? Are the Raiders serious? I have been praising them nonstop. And as good as they've looked, they won three straight going into last week's game against the New York Jets. Are they serious? You win three straight, and then you lose to the Jets? And you don't just lose to the Jets. You lose 34-3 to to the Jets. It's unbelievable. Yet, it's kind of believable. That's just the way this league works. So instead of entering Week 13 with a 7-4 record, the same record as the Kansas City Chiefs who had the bye week last week, in that divisional battle. Oakland enters this game in Kansas City as a 6-5 and five team on the outside looking in at the playoffs. I mean, Oakland might look back at this Jets loss and think that's the one loss that cost us a playoff spot, that cost us the, a wild card spot, that might have cost them the division for all we know. I'm not saying they're going to win this game, but I think if you look at Kansas City, The last game they played was a win over the Chargers in Week 11. They had the bye last week, like I said. Kansas City's got to be looking at that game next week against the New England Patriots, right? At Gillette Stadium. This has trap game written all over it for Kansas City. I think they'll be ready, and I think they might even win this game. But Oakland, as a a 9.5-point dog, I think they're good enough to take that slap in the face last week as a wake-up call and to show up for this one. I think they're going to show up. Oakland might not win this game. They might not win this game. But I definitely think they cover this spread. And they'll cover in a close game. So I'm taking the points. Give me the Raiders plus 9.5 over Kansas City. My fourth pick, I'm taking the Patriots, a a 3.5 point favorite over the Houston Texans. The Patriots are 10-1. They're the one seed in the AFC. I keep telling you this. I keep trying to... Uh, pound this message home because you might not know it if you watch all these other shows and listen to these NFL analysts. You might think Baltimore's the one seed. I got news for you. They're not. The Patriots are the one seed. They're 10-1. and one. This is the game of the week on Sunday Night Football. It's in Houston. I was more nervous about this game about five or six weeks ago when Houston beat Kansas City. Now, since then, Houston has looked vulnerable. Houston, they've got some injuries on the defensive side. You know, they also got rid of some guys, too. 
I, I think that Houston looks human right now. They're coming off a big win over Indianapolis, which they needed to have to be atop that division. If the playoffs began today, Houston is the three seed in the AFC at 7-4. and four. And the matchup to watch in this game will undoubtedly be Stephon Gilmore going up against DeAndre Hopkins. The Patriots' defense is their biggest strength. Don't get me wrong. But the problem with saying that is that some people are using that, the Patriots is their biggest strength, to call their offense a weakness. To say they're weak. The Patriots have some offensive issues. But are you really willing to call it weak? I just think... You know, people need that wake-up call. They need that game where they go, oh, shit. Yeah, I guess the Patriots are still here, right? This could be that game in Houston. Tom Brady, Julian Edelman. I expect a big day from these two guys. I expect the offensive line to continue to improve with Isaiah Wynn back for a second straight week. Give me the Patriots to win, to cover, and to prove to everybody once again, hey, we're still here, and we're still the one seed in the AFC. Give me New England, minus three and a half over the Texans on Sunday night football and my fifth pick which is my lock of the week I'm taking the Green Bay Packers a six and a half point favorite over the New York Giants Green Bay will not lose this game the only question is do they cover the spread six and a half on the road at MetLife in New Jersey Sunday at one o'clock but the location of this game doesn't really matter right Green Bay just got embarrassed by the 49ers Aaron Rodgers, that offense, they got embarrassed by the 49ers right away. The beginning of that game, Aaron Rodgers fumbles. Game over, right? Green Bay got embarrassed. They're going to bounce back. If the playoffs began today, Green Bay is the three seed in the NFC at 8-3. and three, All right? And they know that they have the Minnesota Vikings right up there behind with the same record at 8-3. and three. Minnesota right now the sixth seed. If the playoffs began today, Green Bay would be hosting Minnesota in the wild card round. But forget about that. Just know that Green Bay is... They're going to have a bounce-back win. And yeah, it's not the Dolphins, but it's the Giants. The Giants are so irrelevant this season. They've lost seven straight. I forgot they were even in the league. Well, Green Bay, they're going to take care of business. I expect them to win and win big. They should roll. Give me the Packers by 20 points on the road against the 2-9 and nine Giants team that, like I said, has lost seven straight. Make it eight straight for the G-Men. Green Bay's not losing this game, and they will cover. I'm taking the Packers minus six and a half. So my picks for week 13, I'm going with San Francisco plus six, Philly minus nine and a half, Oakland plus nine and a half, New England minus three and a half, and the lock of the week, Green Bay minus six and a half. Picks, picks for week 13 presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. Promo code PICK, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. That will do it for the show. That'll do it for the week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, from all of us here at the Danny Picard Show and from everybody here at Beantown USA as I broadcast from the Beantown USA studio. Get this show whenever you want. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard, and get all of my content on my website, dannypicard.com. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy your weekend. I am out. Talk to you again on Monday.